This podcast is sponsored by Active Skin Repair, a skin health company helping people heal with natural, non-toxic, medical-grade ingredients. So as the weather warms up, we're outside gardening or doing yard work. There are so many opportunities for skin issues, right? And for me, it's always a mystery to know what's going to irritate my skin, but I'm definitely out there itching and scratching. But the good news is active skin repair always seems to save the day. Active skin repair can be used to treat a wide range of skin issues, including cuts, scrapes, burns, sunburns, rashes, and other types of skin damage. It's also safe and non-toxic, making it suitable for use on all skin types, all parts of the body, and even on rosacea, eczema, and acne-prone skin. Here's what I want you to do. Visit ActiveSkinRepair.com to learn more about Active Skin Repair and get 20% off your order when you use code JOYFUL. Again, that's www.ActiveSkinRepair.com. Find out more about the product and get 20% off your order when you use the code JOYFUL. Joyful Courage Parenting Podcast. Ask Casey bonus episode. Hey listeners, Casey here. Super excited to give you another Ask Casey episode because the other one got downloaded a lot. So I think you liked it. Um, Today, my question comes from Mama Maria, who is an active member in our Live in Love with Joyful Courage Facebook group community. And I'm so excited that I get to share my insights on a struggle that she's currently having. So Maria writes in, my six-year-old loves his iPad and TV, like I'm sure they all do. I don't allow him to play nonstop and he's generally okay with boundaries. My issue is he's always asking, always. I'm forever saying no or later or okay for half an hour or after you do this or that. I'm the bad guy when he really wants to and I'd rather he do something more constructive. I'd like to put the power in his hands instead of mine, but how? I thought about giving him a weekly limit and letting him go free when his limit is met, no more screens. But how? He's six and he doesn't really get time management. Plus, School days versus weekends and now upcoming summer are different. Right now, he doesn't have any homework, but when he does, screens should be very limited, I'd imagine. And I don't want to break a habit when that starts. On the weekends, in the morning, he gets to play watch until his dad and I get up and make breakfast. Then maybe more later, but it depends on what we're doing. Ugh, this is not only going to get worse when he gets older. This is only going to get worse when he gets older. I'd like to set some limits he can follow on his own so I'm not the dictator. One that won't allow him to be on it for hours. His attitude is awful if he's been playing it a long time. And shoot, that happens to me too. Maria, I'm so glad that you wrote in on this. I have so many thoughts and opinions and feelings. And first, I want to say straight off the bat, I am not an expert on screen time. Screen time is something that, you know, we're like the first generation of parents to really be parenting not only with kids who have crazy access to screens and all these devices, 
but also we're the first parents to also have access to all of these screens and all these devices. And I think that you hit it on the head when you say his attitude is awful if he's been playing a long time and darn it, so is mine. I completely align with that. I totally feel that. I know that when I'm sucked into my phone or my computer and I've got somebody that needs me or a task for the family that needs to be doing, I'm a little bitter. I'm a little resentful that people aren't cooking dinner for themselves at times. And um, and I think that that's really important to put out there and to be really real about. And we're the models, right? We're modeling for our kids what it looks like. Um, I recently had this same situation show up with my son, who's 10, and just noticing that we've really been in struggle a lot lately. And um, he's taken it up a notch with his uh, iPod use and finding videos that he likes on YouTube. And I'm noticing more and more he is moving towards those devices. And the more he moves towards the devices, the tougher he is during the time when he's not on it, you know, when it's time to do after dinner work, when it's time to make his lunch, when it's time to maybe do some chores after school. And I noticed too that the time on the computer and time on the iPad, time on the screens is actually time not connecting with me and with the other human beings in his life. And really, when you get to the root of the problems that we're having, it has to do with disconnection. And so something that I did this morning is I said, well, actually last night before bed, we kind of talked about a few different meltdowns that the two of us had yesterday. And, uh, and I said, you know, tomorrow morning when you get all your stuff done before school and you're all ready to go, rather than screen time, I would love to play a game with you. And I will put my screens away and we won't turn on the computer and we'll just play a game, any game you want your choice. And sure enough, that's what we did this morning. And it made for a really lovely experience before he left in the morning. So I just wanted to share that this is not a problem that is only unique to you and your son. This is something that I think all of us are learning how to navigate. And there isn't really a um, perfect formulaic answer to this. You know, I mean, on one hand, there's, you know, no screens right? We just don't do screens. And on the other end of the continuum, there's, you know, screens whenever they want it. And you will find people that speak into both of those extremes. I am kind of an in the middle kind of girl. There's a lot of room there for skill development, for self-regulation development, um, for time management, like you mentioned, development and practice, right? And so my advice to you is to talk to your six-year-old about it. Let him know what your concerns are. You know, start with, I notice that it's really um, hard for you when I tell you there's no iPad time. Can you tell me about what your experience is? And let him tell you. And just from your share, I'm guessing he's always asking because he's never sure when it's iPad time. It doesn't seem like there's a really clear um, routine around when it's time to to have screens and when it's not. It seems a little rough around the edges. So I would say create a routine with him. Sit down together and look at the week, look at the days of the week and decide. First, you decide what's, you know, what's going to work for you. Let him share what he would like to have and then whittle it down 
until you have a situation that you can both live with. Um, I have some blog posts about this, about screen time use uh, from a few years ago when my kids got iPads and it was like, whoa, and I got really rigid and they fought back. And then we went through the process of figuring out a plan that worked for both of us. I will link that blog post to this podcast in the show notes. Um, But that's really, you know, that's my advice to you. There isn't a magic number, right? There isn't a magic number of minutes that's okay. I mean, I'm sure you could Google research and brain development and all that good stuff. But really, I think even with that solid information in mind, it really comes down to providing an opportunity for your six-year-old to be part of the problem-solving process. Right? And the only way that they are learning problem-solving skills and negotiation and offers and counter-offers is if we are giving them the experience of doing those things and of using those skills. Does that make sense? So you, like I said, you might sit down and say, this is what I'm noticing. Um, ask him about what, how he feels. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Thank God, spring into summer is my favorite time of year. After turning 50 last September, I've been really working on my physical health and well being and can honestly say that I am feeling better in my body than I have felt in a very long time. Yes, credit goes to movement and working out, but even more credit goes to how I'm feeding my body. That's why I love Factor. I fuel up with Factor's no prep, no mess meals, 35 different meal choices, and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week. I always have a new flavor to explore. It's amazing. You can crush your wellness goals this May, keep time in the kitchen to a minimum, and enjoy effortless support for the lifestyle you want to be living with dietitian approved meals and ingredients you can trust from Factor. Head over to factormeals.com slash joyful50 and use the code joyful50 to get 50% off your first First box plus 20% off your next month. That's code joyful50 at factormeals.com slash joyful50. Again, that's 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. Yes, yes, yes. Join me. Join me in the health revolution and feel really good this summer. Hey, so I'm so excited. I want to share with you about one of our new sponsors, Starglow Media. They have this amazing show for all of you with younger kids called Mysteries About True Histories. Every episode follows Max and Molly, who have just been recruited into a secret order of problem solvers and on adventures through time packed with puzzles and hidden equations, histories, and laughs. You all know Alana, our co-founder at Sproutable. She listened to the show with her seven-year-old and loved it. They would pause the show and try to figure out the math problems together, loved learning about different cultures and the histories around the world. The series explores themes like the stories behind math, critical thinking, code breaking, pattern solving, and so much more. Math is geared Math is what they call it. Math is geared towards kids six and over, but can be enjoyed by the entire family. Episodes drop every Thursday, and they're about 15 minutes, perfect length for the car rides, mealtime, break time, bedtime. Each episode is stacked with so much laughter, and your kiddos won't even realize how much they're learning. So tune into Mysteries About True Histories 
math with your kids, you can follow and listen on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your pods. And then, you know, and then offer counter offer, you know, I'm willing to do 30 minutes a day of screen time, right? He might say, well, I want an hour. And you might decide, well, can you give another 10 minutes and say, I can do 40 minutes or not? You get to decide where your line is, but I am going to caution you around rigidity, right? If you show up to this conversation with the plan already in your mind, And he's going to agree to it and it's going to fall flat because he wasn't really a part of the process. Um, So be aware of that. Really be aware of that and go into it really open-minded, really ready to hear him, to deeply listen to what his needs are. My guess is his need, his biggest need is, I don't know when my screen time is. I don't know when to ask. So I'm going to ask all the time because, wow, screen time is really fun. So you can use visuals that help him know, you know, every day from 4 to 4.30 is iPad time and put it on a poster, put it somewhere where he can see it, maybe with a clock face so that he can look at the clock and see if it looks the same, right? So you want to give him as many opportunities to um, be autonomous with his follow through as possible. That doesn't mean that he's not going to say, hey, is it time for iPad? Because he's still going to say that. And you get to say, I don't know, go check your chart and see if it's time, right? And then once he's on his device, it's going to become really important that he, A, he can learn to set a timer on an iPad, get an app that sets the timer before he goes on so that he knows and maybe gives him a two-minute warning so he can you know, save whatever it is he's doing before he has to turn it off or teach him how to use the timer in the kitchen or whatever. Teach him how to use a timer so that it's his responsibility to set it, right? And, um, and yeah, and, and go with it and, and, you know, go into these kinds of agreements with the idea that we're going to try this for a week and see if it helps, and try it for a week. And if at the end of the week you come back together and you say, what did you notice? Was that helpful? And he says, yes. Or you can go into it and say, you know what? I noticed that wasn't helpful. You had a really hard time remembering to set the timer. What would be a good solution for this week? How can you help yourself set the timer? Right? And maybe he puts a a post-it note on his iPad that says set the timer and it's always there right when he gets on so that he remembers, right? Or maybe he has some other great idea about how to do it. The beautiful thing is they're full of ideas. We've just got to open the space for them to share their creative ideas. And it's also important that we're not shooting down their ideas because they might come up with things and we might think to our head, yeah, that's not going to be helpful. But we don't need to say that, okay? Trust your child and trust that his input, like something happens in the brain. And I know I've said this on the podcast before, but... Something happens in our brains when we are part of the solution finding. It makes it that much more likely that we will follow through in what we say we're going to do. So you really want to encourage him to be part of the process and make it fun, right? Make it fun. And maybe even, Maria, maybe even you create an agreement for yourself around your own screen use. You know, maybe you're having a parallel experience with him. Maybe you talk about when you turn your phone off so that you can just be in connection with him. Maybe you look for times during the day also, like I did with Ian this morning. Maybe you look for times during the day 
along with some limits around screen time, you also say, and you know what else, little guy? I also want to make sure that every day we get special time together. And maybe you'll take a walk or maybe you'll play Legos or maybe you'll, I don't know, do something together that's his idea. And it's not time to talk about mischief. It's not time to talk about, you know, problem solving. It's simply you with him together, enjoying each other, building relationship. Because when we do that, both of those things, so the the creating agreements around screen times and the special time, both of those things build relationship with our kids. And when we build relationship with our kids, we are increasing their sense of belonging and their sense of significance. And belonging and significance is absolutely what motivates behavior. A kid that feels connected and like they matter in the family is going to be so much easier to get along with, is going to be so much more likely to cooperate and be easygoing than a kid who doesn't feel like they belong, who doesn't feel like they have a voice or a say or any power. Those are the That's the time when we've got to check ourselves, right? I know for me, um, it's so obvious. God, it's so obvious. Well, it's so obvious except for it's not because I'm in it, right? So I'm in it with my kids, especially my son. And I just noticed, God, he's been such a pain in the neck lately. What's going on? Why does he got to be like that, right? It's all about him and his behavior and what's wrong with him. Hey, everybody. Listen, I'm so excited to give you an update on Songfinch. Songfinch delivers. I shared last month that I was going to have them create an original song for Ian, my graduating senior. Well, the song is done And the process of co-creating it with the artist on Songfinch was so cool. I got to provide details and ideas. And then the musician of my choice wrote up the lyrics, put it to the music that I picked. And the results are so cool. I can't wait to surprise Ian with it. I will be sure to record it and share it with all of you. Songfinch is an innovative service that lets you create an original radio quality song inspired by your own life and the people you love. It's completely unique, personal, and it lasts forever. After moving through their process, you get the final results in four to seven days. For a limited time, Songfinch is letting our listeners upload their song to Spotify for free. So you and the lucky person you gift it to can listen to it anywhere, anytime. Whether your song is for Father's Day, an upcoming graduation, wedding, or anniversary, or even just a gift to show your loved one how much you care, Start your song now to lock in one of Songfinch's top artists. Go to songfinch.com slash joyful and start your song. After you purchase, you'll be prompted to add Spotify streaming for your original song for free, which is a $50 value. Again, my URL is songfinch.com slash joyful. Don't forget to share your song with us too. songfinch.com slash joyful. Hi there, I'm Andrea Owen, self-help author with 19 translations of my books, global keynote speaker, and life coach. My podcast, Make Some Noise, has been serving up self-help in a simple-to-digest way for the last decade. The topics brought in each episode are practical and easy to implement around topics such as working through fears that keep you stuck, different modalities of therapy, managing your negative self-talk, and more. We bring you guest experts, solo episodes, and I even coach listeners 
on the air around relatable struggles. I also do my best to weave my sense of humor into some heavy topics because let's face it, life can be pretty hard and it's so much better when we can have some fun while walking through our challenges. Whether you're seasoned in personal development or just starting out, Make Some Noise podcast will help you become the best version of yourself, the person you're proud of when you look in the mirror and show up in your life. Simply search Make Some Noise with Andrea Owen wherever you listen to your podcasts. And after a little while, I remember that it's a great place to get curious. Like, what is going on with him? What's going on with me? And what's going on in our relationship? And when I can remember to turn my gaze, my my perspective, my perspective into what's happening in relationship here, I start to notice things like I've been really rigid and controlling. We haven't had much time together. I've been on my screen and working a lot. So when I can take care of those pieces, when I can check myself, offer more shared power, ask more questions rather than giving commands, when I can look for times to connect with him, the behaviors that are driving me crazy tend to take care of themselves because I am allowing space for my boy to come back to that healthy sense of belonging and significance. Does that make sense? I would love, love, love to hear how this works for you, Maria. Please, please, please let me know. Come on to the Live in Love with Joyful Courage page and share with the community. Also, any of you listeners that are out there, because I know you're listening and I know that this struggle is not just Maria's struggle. I know that so many of us struggle with this. If you have tips, if you have uh, strategies that have worked for you and your kids, If you have any thoughts or questions or feedback around this subject, please be sure to bring it up in the Live in Love with Joyful Courage group, okay? Because we want to hear about it. We want to hear about it and, um, and really support and celebrate everyone in our community in being the best parent they can be. So there you go. Ask Casey. Woohoo! If you have a personal struggle that's going on right now, that's an ongoing challenge with you and your kids, and you're interested in having it on the podcast, please feel free to go to the website and go under podcast and the navigation bar. If you click on podcast, you can scroll down and see Ask Casey. Click there, and there's a form that you can fill out. I won't be able to do everybody's questions, but I'll try to get to as many as I can. And just know that the Ask Casey episodes are only for people who have subscribed to the podcast, which is all of you because (laughs) you're the ones that are listening. So encourage your friends, encourage your family, encourage every parent you know to subscribe to the Joyful Courage podcast. Tell them to take out your their phones if they have iPhones. A lot of the newer iPhones, all the newer iPhones already have the podcast app. Just take their phone and subscribe them. Just show them what to do. That's what I do. And, um, and spread the word because I love this and I love that it's helpful and the feedback that I'm getting is that it's valuable to parents. So help me help more people and more parents by spreading the word. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Have a beautiful, beautiful day, my friends.
When it comes to raising kids, there's so much to consider. Things like, what do we feed them? When do we feed them? How do they sleep? What does it look like to raise kind kids? How does their nervous system work? How do I keep myself calm? What are my triggers? There's so much that comes into play, and we are distilling all of that information for you at Voices of Your Village podcast, where we bring experts in the field of early childhood and education and psychology and across the board so that you don't have to comb the internet for information. You get to show up and hang out and have shame-free, judgment-free conversations and insights into what it looks like to raise kind, empathetic, emotionally intelligent humans. I'm Alyssa Blask Campbell. I have a master's degree in early childhood education. I'm a mom of two, and I am walking this journey right alongside you doing this work. Come hang out with me at Voices of Your Village, and we can dive into real conversations with actionable tips.